I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly and today the detail is out the back of an Auckland cafe to find out about the life and society of bees. I'm climbing up a steel ladder with Jessie Baker of Bees Up Top and her dog Gisborne. Can we get in there? Are you all good with climbing? Yeah, I'm fine. She runs beekeeping classes, she rescues bees and rents out hives around Auckland. Removing this kind of circular cage thing. Now do you want me to carry up the smoker if you're carrying the dog? The business of making honey has exploded, and so have backyard beehives. Jessie has a wait list of 200 for her classes. So today I'm getting close up with the bees and finding out about the deadly pests that threaten them and New Zealand's entire $5 billion apiculture industry. OK, so here we are, Jessie, on top of a um, shipping container... Uh, with a great view of Auckland, we can see the Sky Tower there and a, a very urban landscape. Yes, very urban. The bees are about five metres up off the ground and they get this gorgeous view of Auckland City. <laughs> um, but you've got pahutakawas, flax, manuka, cabbage trees, um, rata, lots of people's flowers and in the back gardens of their houses for the bees to feed on. Well, let's go and have a look at this this hive. I've got my veil on. Yeah, and it's going to protect your face from being stung. It's okay if you get stung on the hands, it doesn't hurt too much, but if you get stung on the face, it really hurts. So right. that's why I've provided your veil today. Yeah, and you've got yours as well. What are your other implements here? This looks very old, this smoker. Yes, this is my trusty old smoker, and it smells delicious. Isn't it a nice oh, smell? It's um, like a fire on a beach. And I just use Hesse and Sack in my smoker that I get from coffee shops. They give it to me. And the reason I use Hesse and Sack is because it burns for a long time and it burns really slowly. And it's a natural product, so it's good for the bees when you're smoking them out. What do you call that? This like is a, a bellow. Pumps the air through this little hole here. Yeah. And that's kind of like like a fire on the beach when you're blowing it to get it going. And it's also been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. That particular design. Yeah. Well, beekeeping is such an old practice. This hive was designed by a French winemaker back in, oh God, the 1800s. And it's the, the same size as... A wine box, so you could fit 12 bottles of wine in this um, Langstroth hive. Yeah, it's like two drawers with a roof on top. Yeah. So what's the next step? We're going in. <laughs> and you don't need to be scared. If a bee lands on you, mm. just blow it off. So just, and off it will fly. Yeah. A bee only stings you when it feels threatened. So that's why you always get stung on the foot when you're walking in grass. Because, you know, along comes a big shoe to squash it, so it feels threatened and it stings. Yeah. But when a bee stings you, it dies. So that little stingy bit that is left in your skin is the bee's abdomen. So the bee rips in half and dies. It doesn't want to die, so it doesn't want to sting you. And we use smoke to block their attack pheromone and to um, trick the bees into thinking that there's a fire. So they go into evacuation mode when we smoke them out, it distracts them. So 
just undo this um, ratchet that I've got on the hive and this is just to keep the, the lid on when we get high winds. How many bees are in here, do you think? There'd be about 50,000 bees in the hive at the moment. Oh, wow. In the summer, it pretty much doubles, and the size of the hive doubles as well. But now that we're coming into the colder months, we close down the hive by removing some of the boxes off the top, and we give them a smaller space to live in where they can keep really warm. But the reason that bees are so important is because they pollinate food for humans. So you always hear this quote floating around, one third of the world's food is pollinated by bees. And how that works is when a bee takes nectar from a flower, say it's a flower on a lemon tree or an apple tree, nectaring peach, it takes the, the nectar... And while it's taking the nectar, its body gets covered in pollen. And then the bee flies to another flower and it carries that pollen onto the next flower. It touches the pistil of the flower. That flower is now pollinated and it turns into a fruit or a vegetable. So if we didn't have bees, we would be living on wind-pollinated food. Stuff like rice and grains, all the really boring things. Every fruit and vegetable that has a seed or a pip was pollinated by a bee. We've heard a lot about the crisis in bees around the world. Yeah. Is, it, is it still a crisis? Are things getting better, worse? So there's a disease that's affecting bees at the moment called Varroa. Mm. It's a little mite that lives on the back of the bee. And bees can't survive in the wild anymore because of this Varroa mite. Is that in, just in New Zealand or everywhere? It's all over the world. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. But it's kind of like fleas on a cat or a dog. So you put the flea collar, collar on your cat or your dog and it keeps it at bay. It's the same with the Varroa mite. So you'll see today there are some little treatments inside the hive to keep the Varroa mite at bay. But if a wild swarm was living in a tree, it wouldn't be treated for Varroa, so it would die. And is that what's happening at the moment? Yes. The Varroa mate's pretty deadly to bees. There's another one called AFB, American Fowl Brood. Mm -hmm. And if your hive gets AFB, you have to burn it, including all of the bees. That one could potentially wipe out the honey industry here in New Zealand. So all this gear stays with this hive in case it gets the disease then we would burn it all. What does American fowl brood look like? Well, you can't really see it, but it pretty much turns the eggs to mush. Mm. So when you're checking the hive and making sure that they're not full of disease, you would notice American fowl brood by little chewed-out holes on the top of the, the bee cells. Mm -hmm. And then... To test to see if it is American fowl brood, what you do is you take a little stick and just dig it into that cell that you think is infected. And if it ropes out with this like um, squishy coffee texture, it could be American fowl brood. But the bees become really lethargic and there's a really distorted laying pattern by the queen. Some people say that it smells like fish. 
but I'm not sure if that's right. Okay. Okay, so I'll get my smoker going. Well, shall we go in? Yes. Is that what you say? We'll go into the hive? Yes. So this is just a metal lid to keep everything nice and warm. Yeah. There's some ants living up there, and they keep nice and warm under the lid and eat a little bit of honey from the top, but they never go down into the honey. So that's okay for them to do that? Yeah. You're not worried about it? That's an example of a really healthy hive. See, okay. they don't go down here. No. They just hang out on top. At the top where they yeah. keep nice and warm. This is a feeder in the wintertime when the bees don't have much food. We sometimes give them a bit of sugar syrup. Mm -hmm. So the bees, we fill it up with sugar syrup and then the bees come up through the hole and they can walk on the straw yeah. and drink the sugar syrup. But you'll notice when we, when we open up this hive, it's got about 10 frames full of honey. So they may or may not need a drink. Oh, okay. We're in a really noisy place, aren't we? We're right yep. by the motorway. It's quite windy yep. up here. There's the sound of a cafe, like, cool store behind us. There's a car park right in front of us. Not a lot of nature, but bees don't mind not being surrounded by nature or having that kind of urban noise. Yeah, but I have bees out at Bethel's Beach. So I grew up at Bethel's, and I have lots out there. And the bees in the city do so much better than the bees out at Bethel's. They make so much more honey, and there's a lot more bees in the hive. They fly 5k to find food. So if you look at this area that they've got to forage food, there is just so much food for bees mm. in the city. More so than out at Bethel's. So much. Yeah, so much more. And out at Bethel's, you've got all the, the native bush, like the the flax and the kawhai and the cabbage trees and the pahutakawa but in the city people really spend time planting up their gardens Yeah. and you've got all these parks and gardens that are planted up by Auckland City that are usually full of flowers all year round so we've got the smoker going now It's Ooh. lots of smokers coming on out and I'll just give them a little smoke to let them know hey we're coming in mm -hmm. a little puff into the entrance now I'm going to flick off the and you'll, you'll see the bees. Here they are. And then watch as I smoke. Down they go. There is a varroa mite. See the mites? Yeah. Those are blooming varroa mites. They live on the brood. Yeah. And then when the bee hatches out of its cell, it's already stuck to its body and it just sucks the life out of it. So what can you do about that in this, this hive? Um, you just have to treat for varroa. So you don't need to burn it down like you do with the... No, not like... ...and fell bruise. No, no. So they're kind of like, just like fleas mm. on our pets. But they I hate them. Look at them. And they don't affect the honey? Nah. Okay. Yeah, they're almost things. like nits, aren't they? Yeah. So up the top here we've got 10 frames of honey and see they're fully capped Yeah. and they've got lots and lots of food this hive so I'll pull one out and you can try some honey. Okay. Underneath here 
is all honey. So the bees put a wax capping on the top of their honey cells and they store it up for the winter. Mm. See this honey down here is still shiny, it hasn't been capped and that means that it's not fully fermented. It's not ready to be stored up. But this honey here is How long would that have taken to have um, it ready like that with the wax on top? Um, they would have done this in the springtime and it would have taken them maybe only four weeks. So when the honey flow is on, it's on, and mm. the bees just go crazy collecting nectar and store it all up ready for the winter time. Do you want to try some? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. So if you put your finger, just push it in. Yep. Oh, amazing. Oh, look at that. And go up under your veil. Let me pull it aside oh, yeah. for you. Isn't that nice? Mmm, it's so pure. Mm. And it's warm still. Mm, mm. Isn't it delicious? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And so what do you call it? Because, you know, bush honey is a kind of, is a type of honey. Is this urban honey? Yeah, I suppose it is. Raw urban honey. It's See, amazing. Look, look at the bees sucking it up now with its long tongue. Its tongue looks like a straw. And that's oh, how wow. it sucks nectar out of flowers. So they'll fix up that little hole now. Yeah. And... You see the wax, this wax? Yep. When the bee is 12 days old, it grows these glands underneath its stomach where it's able to excrete wax. And then it pulls those pieces of wax off its stomach, chews it in its mouth, and then moulds it with its little hands to make these perfect hexagons. So that's where the wax comes from. Gosh. And the pollen, the so pollen. the pollen's very good for you. That's why we never pasteurise our honey. We sell raw honey. We leave the pollen inside because the pollen is as good for you as the honey. They also make propolis, which is this really orange stuff here on the side. Mm. And they collect that off trees like tea tree, pine. And it's the bees' antibiotics for the hive. But humans can also consume it when it's diluted down with alcohol. It's really wow. good if you've got a cough. Just give them a little bit more of a smoke. Look at them, they're like zebras drinking mm. out of an oasis in the desert. Yeah. And, and they're so fluffy up close. Bees are just so sweet up close. And wasps are really evil. They're a lot more yellow and black. The wasps actually break into the hive and eat the baby bees. These are all female worker bees. And these big ones here that haven't hatched yet, they're actually male bees. They're drones. Mm. But at this time of the year, all the drones are being kicked out of the hive because they don't help collect honey and they don't look after the baby bees. They just Netflix and chill inside the hive. <laughs> yeah. So the girls kick them out and they freeze to death. Oh, um, really? At the entrance and can't get back in. This is called a queen excluder, and it goes in between the honey box and the nursery box, and it stops the queen from coming up into the top box where the honey is and laying her eggs. So it means that all of the eggs stay down the bottom, and up the top is honey. These are the varroa strips. What are they? Strips of paper with... Yeah, it's medicine, and these are actually natural. Here's a boy bee, see how big it is? Yeah. Compared to the workers. Yeah. So they're going to kick him out. Yep, he'll soon. be gone soon. Hmm. Interesting. 
They're trying to make a new queen. This is a queen cell. Got a feeling that this hive might be queenless. That can happen sometimes in the winter. The queen dies when she's a bit old and then they make a new one. How do they make a new one? They start feeding a normal cell a lot more royal jelly and it turns it into a normal bee into a queen. If they don't have a queen bee, they just keep functioning? Yeah, they do. However, no more bees are being born. So eventually, if a queen isn't remade, then the hive will die. So this hive is queenless. Well, I can't see the queen down here. But I did see some eggs on top, which makes me think that she could have moved up into the honey box. So I'm going to have a look at that. Wow, look at all those bees pouring off the... Yes, she has, see? So, these are eggs. See the white stuff here? Yeah. And this is honey. See the difference? There's the queen. Oh, see how big she is? She's different because she's sort of got a longer tail. Yeah, a really short... She's full of eggs. So that's a beautiful Italian queen and she has moved up into the honey box. I don't know how she got through the queen excluder and she's laying her eggs at the top now. So oh. bees naturally move upwards where it's a bit warmer. Mm. And if you watch her, she's cruising around, putting her bottom into those cells, just laying thousands and thousands of eggs. And the worker bees groom her and they feed her. and. They just make sure that she's okay. If she's happy, everyone else is happy. See this bee here? It's been affected by varroa. See its wings? They're yeah. deformed. So that bee would have hatched with a varroa mite on its back and it's just sucking the life out of it. It's mm. really sad. Yeah, so now I'm going to put the hive back together how we found it. Okay. And because the queen is up the top, I'm going to move these Varroa strips and put them directly on the eggs. They're no use down the bottom here. But she can choose to do whatever she wants now. We've got a few bees flying around us. They don't like, I guess they don't like being disturbed. They don't like their home being broken into. And that's what we're doing, breaking in, breaking it apart. They can get a bit fired up. How many of these hives have you got around the city? About 50. They go on top of businesses or in people's backyards. They're all rescue bees. Every springtime I receive about 100 calls from people that live in Auckland about a bee swarm landing in their back garden. So they give me a call, I rush in, shake those bees into a box drive them back out to Bethel's Beach and I rehome them in a new hive. So if you find a, um, a swarm of bees in your back garden, don't call the exterminator, call bees up top and we rescue them for free. The ants can move back in. And those bees that are flying around outside, they'll find their way in? Yeah, so that's their entry bees entry and exit, this red dial here. Down the bottom. Yeah, and these colourful squares at the front are for the bees to recognise their hive. Oh, that one's bringing in some pollen. Um, yeah. They can recognise colour, so when they're flying in from far away, so that you can see them flying in, Yeah. they see their hive straight away. 
See they're dragging out a bee that's died? Look at them, they're cleaning Ooh, up the hive. And out here, you'll, these would be all drone bees, the ones that are being killed off at the moment. Oh yeah, not wanted. Do you still find it fascinating? I love it. I just love going into a hive every single time. And I've just had a baby, so I haven't been doing the bee checks. I've had a beekeeper doing it for me, and I miss it so much. We've left the bees to settle in for winter now, but I've got a few more questions. And Jessie has a warning for any amateur beekeepers thinking of diving into the honey game. Beekeeping is a lot of work. There are a lot more new beekeepers. People are going crazy for bees. Lots of people are getting beehives in their back gardens that they're looking after themselves. I think that it's so important to have a healthy hive. So it's so important to be able to recognise AFB and also to know how to stop your hive from swarming. So the hives that we are rescuing are probably novice beekeepers that aren't doing swarm control on their hives. And what's your experience with going out to you know, rescue these bees? I mean, how prevalent is AFB? I've found AFB in one hive before, so I've had to burn one hive. But you don't know if your bees have AFB until they've been living in a hive for about six months, until they've started laying some eggs, because you only recognise the AFB on the eggs. Um, you can't recognise it by smell. You can't see it in the bees. So until the bees have been in the hive for about six months, they're laying some eggs, and you start to see cells that just look obscure mm. that's the only way to recognise the AFB maybe you'd think oh I'll get a beehive put it in the backyard it'll make me a whole lot of honey but it's a lot of work and you have a lot of gear so if you're going to get into beekeeping make sure you've got a little shed set up to store all your gear in I think people sort of have this magical idea of bees and beekeeping and it is magical because they make this beautiful golden honey but yeah the reality is that beekeeping is hard work the boxes are heavy it's a sticky job you do get stung but it's so rewarding when you can pull a jar of your own honey out of the pantry and know that it's pure raw honey made in your own back garden That's it for today. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Jeremy Ansell engineered this episode. Alexia Russell produced it. And thanks to Jessie Baker. Mā te wā. 